This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio. Coming up on the show today, we're going to learn how poor attic ventilation will cost you higher energy bills and how it can destroy your roof. I had no idea, right? We're also going to get some expert tips on what home buyers should be looking out for during a home inspection. In studio with me today is Kerry Copeland, the president of Patriots Roofing. Kerry, welcome back. Thank you, Mark. Good to have you back. Here. I, I always like doing the research about what we're going to be talking about. I learned so much yes. about attic ventilation. I mean, and I might geeking out too much. I probably am, but I, th- I thought it was amazing. Also in studio with us today is Hector Toledo, the regional vice president of BPG Inspections. Welcome, or Hector, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> That's Helcom. That's how I say Hector. <laughs> welcome very, very quickly. Um, Hector, where are you originally from? I'm originally from Venezuela. Venezuela. And yeah. How long have you been here in the United States? 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. And wow. 20 years ago, I just came here to um, to do a project in New Jersey. Uh-huh. Kind of the same project that I was doing in Venezuela. It was uh, when they were laying down the fiber optic uh, submarine cable to join all the continents. Oh, wow, yeah. To, you know, to send data. And uh, I did that in my country. And um, then, well... The station that was going to build, be built in New Jersey um, was using the same equipment that we used in Venezuela. So they brought me here to do that. And afterwards, you know, going back to my country with that political situation was not an option. Right. So I decided to stay. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to learn about more about your journey and how long <laughs> what you've been doing with home inspections. Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to all the U.S. military veterans and first responders out there doing the tough day-to-day work of keeping our streets safe and America free. As a U.S. Air Force veteran and a retired police officer, I understand what it's like to do the job day in and day out while being thankful for the check that the taxpayer (laughs) gave my family, right? They provided a really good life for me. Uh, The job is getting tougher. We understand that nowadays. But uh, please know that you have a lot of support from people who can truly relate to your situation and respect the responsibility you carry of supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States of America. A quick reminder to our listeners to catch our podcast and watch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. And if you have a business that services home buyers or home sellers and you'd like to be on our show, visit homebuyertalkradio.com and click on the link to apply. So, Carrie, we are about to get into some home ventilation stuff, and I, I'm excited about breaking that down because... I was actually the contractor on my first house that, uh, well, my second home, but the first one that I built, and I had no idea about attic ventilation and how important it is, not only to the energy bill, which kind of makes sense, I think most people get sure. it, but also the wear and tear that can happen on the uh, you know the, the roof decking and, and, and the shingles and, and all of that. So I'm glad to have you here and excited to learn about that. So you're the president of Patriots Roofing that services, where do you guys service again? We are in North Carolina, Louisiana, and here in South Texas. Okay, and you guys got started when? What year? Uh, 2018, 2018. 2018. Okay, and you guys got really involved in uh, storm response, right? And was that like your first big project it, it, you guys it, were doing? Yeah, the whole goal was a, a retail-type setting, but yes, it's a, when the storms hit, the local contractors are just overwhelmed immediately. Uh, so yes, any any company who can go in to help out and and try to get people brought back whole as quickly as possible, then we try to fill fill in those gaps. Yeah, and that's like the insurance work, and you mentioned retail work, right? Retail is like your normal jobs, and then insurance is yes, really just okay, that's correct. which is a whole different ball game, really, when it comes to the financial side of it, right? Oh, sure, and how that's all that's true. managed, yes, sure. crazy. 
Um, so yeah, I had my first uh, home built, and I have no idea actually if um, my how would I even figure that out now? Would I have somebody come in and check that out? Maybe I should have you come over and check yeah, out. Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> so Hector, you do that as well. You do inspections yeah. for, and you can tell if they've got enough. Uh, the, the, the vents yeah. and the exhaust and everything needs to happen. I think the best way for you now that somebody's is approaching is just you know taking the temperature inside your attic. Okay. At noon. Well, okay. What's it? Well, so it's 102 degrees outside. What should it be inside? Yeah. Got to be less than 30 degrees between the attic interior. Oh. And the exterior. Okay. If it is over 30 degrees, you need more ventilation. And that's not as simple as just slapping on some some exhaust vents or whatever. I mean, because there's a whole math behind that, right, Kerry? Sure, yep. absolutely. That's what happens uh, whenever they go in with construction or if you get your roof redone, either one. Ventilation is vital. So the, the rule of thumb or the, the rule is for every 300 square feet of attic floor space you have, you need one square foot of ventilation. Okay. Which means a half a foot for a half square foot for intake and a half square foot for exhaust. Correct. And everything's got to be on a, a horizontal plane. So we have your intake as low as possible to be able to get that free airflow. That's usually the soffits, right? Yes, sir, the soffits. And then as high as possible for your exhaust to where it can all be level. What you'll see is a lot of times people have dormers on houses, things like that, and they will go and they'll put ridge vent where it's lower than the ridge line. Well, then that becomes your intake. And it just mess it. Then you're compressing everything. Down. So you think you're helping? Absolutely. Well, it's you're actually it messing it all up. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I found was completely fascinating to me. Uh, I was watching some YouTube videos, and of course they have animations and all that going on. I thought it was fantastic. Cause I'm like, oh wow, I had no idea that you know you think you're helping, but you're not. You're actually creating another intake. Yes, sir. Uh, right. At now, a higher level. Yes. Now you're trapping even more moisture and heat, uh, whichever way you're looking at it. But you're you're. Uh, Packing that down. So let's talk a little bit about what kind of things can go wrong with improper attic ventilation. Uh, the main thing is moisture. Homes now are built so insulated. And everything everything that's electrical in your house creates moisture. It all goes up into the attic. So you have to get rid of that because otherwise then the mold, mildew, and just general deterioration from that moisture uh, or that heat either way. That just, you know, a roof that should last 30 years might last 20. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so heat, moisture, water vapor, that kind of thing. You said from electrical? Yeah, everything electric in your home. So old houses were just naturally ventilated. Okay. They have all the insulation. But every time that you're creating uh, an environment, you have a certain temperature inside your house, you have electrical all that heat rises, it creates moisture in your attic space. Okay, so the electrical is creating heat, which yes. is, okay, I got you. Yes, sir. And it turns into stored or trapped moisture in your attic hmm. space. Okay, so mold, obviously, is, that's something I didn't quite expect from poor ventilation was a mold issue. Hector, is this something that you find as yep. well you'll when you're doing it. inspections? You'll find that most of, um, most of the cases when you have um, not enough exit for the, for the hot air, Mm-hmm. You, you'll find mold. Okay, wow. Now, it's, it, you know, the most common one is excess of heat inside the attic. Because, crea- we're, again, we're creating moisture. Mm-hmm. And right. And the way things are designed now is, uh, if you think of it like a convection oven, you let Mother Nature help you and work with you. Think of it as a convection oven. 
you've got the you've got the intake coming in low and the exhaust going out high, right. and you're just letting the natural flow do everything. So it gets rid of powered vents, things like that, and allows you to do that. So, like yeah. Hector said, it's the ambient temperature ambient temperature inside your attic space should not be much more than the outside temperature. Now, I remember when I had you on the first show that you were here, we talked a little bit about when you guys do roofing, you like to take it all the way down to the decking. One of the reasons is to inspect that decking, right? So you can see the, the well, and I'm like, well, we're, we're, I'm thinking, what can really happen to the decking? Well, now we're getting into, well, if you have a ventilation issue or anything that can cause rot, that, and that's one of the side effects of poor attic ventilation, right, is wood yeah, rot. That's, that is the main reason for the wood rot. Oh, okay. Uh, is is the poor ventilation. Okay. And otherwise, is, if you've secured everything on top of that roof, it's not getting down to your decking. All your damage to your decking is coming from inside that attic. That makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of the most common issues that we find in houses. Actually, um, it's difficult to find it during you know during the winter time when the temperatures are mild. But um, since we hit ninety degrees, it's very easy to find uh, excess of heat in the attic. Okay, it's very it's it's one of the most common issues. Right, right. And then, of course, if you're if the house is twenty years old and you've got excessive heat in there and, it's, and nothing has ever changed, then you're going to know well. There's going to be other problems. Yeah, you'll find you know a number of issues in there. Wow. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the things that it seems to be not that important. Everybody is um, right. You know, it's depending on the foundation, on the HVAC system, mm-hmm. um, plumbing, things like that, yeah. plumbing, electrical, but. Uh, the, the the attic ventilation is one of the most important items that we need to check. And why do you say that? Because it, it can it can um, drop the the efficiency on your HVAC right. in the in the cooling mode. Um, it it generates the the roof covering, um, which can, protects the whole house. Right. It, it creates a lot of, um, for example. One of the big mistakes, and Kerry will talk more about that, that that people do is they add more ventilate, more insulation oh. into houses that are built maybe twenty five years uh, ago or more, and when they do that with the new blowing insulation, they cover the air intake on the eaves. Oh yeah, okay. Then you don't have air intake; you are obstructing the natural ventilation that Kerry was talking about. So instead of helping the house with more insulation, you are actually causing a bigger problem in your attic, and you are dropping deficiency on your home. And Carrie, that's where baffling comes in, right? Yep. Putting in the the, the baffles so that we can make sure that that those vents don't get covered. But they can also be covered from the outside too, right? Ventilation uh, can get covered from the outside, like whether it's spider webs or whether it's debris or sure. somebody had a paint job done at one time. Yes, and paint over it. All kinds of uh, birds or different yep. animals nesting can get in there and do some nesting. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it's just these things we don't really think about until it's causing a bigger problem and now it's a huge expense when it's and it's yes and at the time if you do it correctly when it's time to do it it's practically no expense but you have saved yourself uh, a great deal of expense yeah and i think as as a homeowner these are these are the things that are frustrating to me because it's like when are we supposed to be taught to ask even ask these questions because a lot of times we don't even know it's like, I mean, is that a conversation? I never had that conversation with my framer, 
And I don't even know, would that have been the conversation with the framer or would it have been with the roofer that came afterwards or both? Both. And then, again, I, I, would, I would suggest to anyone, even if you're about to build, I would involve a home inspector, someone yeah. who is well-rounded with all the different trades involved in, in building that home and to get the proper advice and to make sure that uh, that all the right procedures are followed. So um, I, we don't have a whole lot of ice dam issues here in, sure. in South Texas, right? But I thought that was interesting, too, is that you'll have, uh, because of the temperature of the roofing and the outside, um, that you have like a change so ice will melt or, or snow will melt and then ice will form and then you end up with an issue where water is staying on the roof longer than possible. How does that impact the quality or the, the roofing? Same exact thing. So they're getting so much weight down there at that eave because it's melting down, turning into ice because uh, it needs to be able to melt and all drain and go away. And that's not what's happening. It will freeze. So now you have that extra weight and then you have moisture still there. So if you do have any if your roof is compromised somewhere, somehow on flashings or things like that, then that water can end up getting in and penetrating and getting to the deck. Okay, and then you've got rot and you got all the other issues that, that come with that. Okay, and then, of course, um, energy costs, too. That's always a factor. And to Hector's point about, well, people come in and add insulation because, obviously, their goal is to reduce their energy costs. It's the only reason they're insulating the attic, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't realize they might be causing additional problems. Um do you guys just, uh, either one of you off the top of your head, know like um, how big of an impact percentage-wise that, uh, I mean, that might be too hard of a question, that a poorly ventilated attic can have on your energy bill? I mean, an increase of 15%, 25 50 85 I don't I, even know. Like I said, I think you'll lose, uh, easily could conceivably lose one-third of what you should expect a lifespan of that roof. Okay, so definitely on the lifespan. What about energy bills? Energy bill, it depends. I mean, yeah. it varies on the on the type of construction, type of insulation. How big the roof is, everything, you know, right? It, it depends, but definitely it, it is affecting it negatively. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something yeah. we should keep an eye on. Yeah. All right, so, uh, and, and Carrie, you touched on this. Proper ventilation is the number one factor that affects the lifespan of your roof system. Um, you know, making sure we have proper intake and exhaust to make sure everything goes as, you know, goes well. So there's a couple of different ways. Let's talk real quick about the two different types of exhaust. So we got active and passive. I think this is an interesting point. Um, what are you recommending? Passive. That's what I mean. Mother Nature taking care of yeah. everything. If you put in a powered vent to try to uh, exhaust uh, the moisture in the air, well, now you run electricity. So that's going to make your bill go up because yeah. that thing kicks on at any, whatever temperature you have it set at, that's when it kicks on and, and you're just wasting electricity with that as well. And that's what a lot of people will do, but that's why I'm saying there's no reason to do that. There are very few circumstances where you cannot get, again, nature to just do the job for you. All right, awesome. All right, Carrie, well, if uh, people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that, your website? My website is Patriots with an S, patriotsroofing.net. Okay, and a phone number? 210-244-3165. All right, Carrie, we appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, next on the show is Hector Toledo, the regional vice president and senior inspector with BPG Inspections. Hector is going to give us some home inspection tips for people shopping for a new home. And there's a whole lot of shopping going on right now. I mean, our inventory is low. We were just talking about that on the last show, how you know, our inventory is low, which is going to cause prices to go up and everything else, which changes the market. And I would expect that to have an impact 
on your job as well because you're doing an inspection, but it's like when you got short inventory, your buyer has less options. What is your thoughts on that? Well, it's um, of course the the type of market we're living on it's, it's impacting us definitely. Sure. Uh, one of the things that impacted the most to us was um, usually the normal deal is you get a contract signed in and you have 10 days of option period to do your due diligence, inspections on quotes, estimates, whatever you need. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, um, due to the competition to get to win an offer, um, one of the things that they are shrinking are the number of days for the option period. Okay, like what are they going down to? Well, uh, we're working right now with five and three. Oh, okay. So a good deal is seven nowadays. So uh, I have 30-plus guys in, in the crew, and sometimes we cannot fit an inspection in there because everybody's booked three, five days out. Right. We usually were able to uh, accommodate inspections 10 days out. Now we can't. So it's 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 very difficult. We actually have found um, uh, Hector. We put a contract on this. We want it, uh, but we don't have option. Period. But we still want you to go and check the house. So well, okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the inspection for you. I'm gonna give you the report. But you cannot negotiate anything, right? Okay, because you waived the option period. So it's tricky, Mark. It's really, really tricky what's happening. Uh, yes, we're very low in inventory. Last um, last week I got the numbers for uh, the first two months of the year, and we're in 1.2 month of inventory Okay, in San Antonio. A healthy market is six months. Austin is nine days. Oh, my gosh. you got to be kidding me. It's not month anymore. It's just days. And Whoa. we are getting into that group. San Antonio is, is I think, in 2022, is going to be a little bit harder um, on the real estate market um, because there is a, another news that came out last week that um, San Antonio is the number one city for home equity. Oh. So Well, yeah, that's probably true. So all the investors are going to turn their eyes to San Antonio. Yeah. So that's going to make it harder. So we'll see. We'll, well see hey, what happens. Difficulty comes opportunity, I say. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, so when you're so the really the seller is setting the the uh, the option period, right? They they're the ones saying we're not going to take, you know, 10 days. You get 3 days and that's based on the offers that are coming in, right? Somebody yeah. says, "Hey, no option period or a 24-hour option period or whatever else." Actually, that's going to be attractive to the Actually, Mark, we are working very actively with the real estate community, with the real estate agents. Um, they know that we are slapped. Yeah. So they called us ahead of time when they are putting their offer in. Okay. Said, Hector, when you can get me in on an inspection? Yeah, because they're trying to protect their buyer. Yeah. Right? And they say, "Well, I'm, I'm. Tr there was." There was a time last year that we got two guys standby in rotation. If they wanted an inspection this afternoon, you need to let me know this morning. If you need wow. an inspection tomorrow, you need to let me know at least 
this afternoon. Okay. So we were like three or four weeks um, on that high peak of crazy market that we lived the last year yeah. in order to try to accommodate inspections. So it, it's it's been hard. It's so, been. I mean, it's good to have a lot of work, but when you when when the work becomes overwhelming, it's difficult to coordinate it. Yep. You know, and, and you still have to produce a good product, right? I mean, you have to do yeah, a good service. We, we can we cannot drop our our quality. Yeah. I mean, we need to we need to keep the quality up there. We cannot do okay. Let's do half inspection here because we we need to do five more today. No, we need to keep the quality because. <laughs> Is is it's the same house. So when uh, when we talk about a, con- a an inspection contingency, basically that's three to five days now. That's what we're looking at now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still important for buyers to try and get that into the contract. It's very and important. so when you do an inspection, it, it takes what a couple hours. It depends. I would say the average between the inspection and the report is between three and three and a half hours. Okay, so they can actually have the report in three and a half hours. Well, we deliver the report within an hour or so after the inspection. That's awesome. Yeah. that's. I mean, people would like that. <laughs> oh, they need it. Help. Yeah, they, they need it. They cannot wait 48 hours to get the report because they are out of the option period. Are, are buyers doing the home inspection walkthrough with you? Do you find that it's, or no? It's way preferable. Um, but what, do you, what are they actually doing? I know it's preferable, but what are they actually doing? Are they doing it? I would say 50% of 50%. Um, okay. I always recommend to get the buyers there. Yeah, always. Yeah. For so sure. What is the that's best, who you're working for. That's what, what is the best scenario? The best scenario is the, the home inspection is scheduled at noon. Okay? It's the best scenario is to have the agent and the clients at 1, 1.30. Um, if they are at the beginning of the inspection, there are a lot of places that they cannot go with. Right. The roof, the attic, several places. Okay? And they can distract the inspector, asking for questions in the other side of the house when we are in the you know in the right side. Gotcha. So um, that's the best scenario. But you will find some clients that cannot go, and you will find some um, uh, clients that will will like to be from the beginning of the inspection. So what it is important is to have a good conversation with the inspector at the end of the inspection. Right. An hour and a half later, okay, of the scheduled time. What are you guys covering during that? Are you really just hitting on the, the, the bad things that you need to be watched, need to watch out for? The most important part of that wrap-up at the end of the inspection is that we can explain exactly what is the magnitude of those deficiencies. Gotcha. Because sometimes just reading the report is alarming, all right? If they are there and we can talk about the issues, we can explain what's going on. So you're bringing perspective. There is one thing in this business that I, it's a statement. Education removes fear. Mm. So, you know, the real estate um, transaction is a very emotional process. So when they are going through it, the, the, the loan, the inspection, the repairs, all of that, it creates high peak of emotions. So when you educate about those subjects, then the emotions go flat. Sure. We all are like that, all right? So, and we are skeptical. We are purchasing something that is more than $100. So we're very skeptical. Yeah, yeah. All right? And, and a lot of times, like we, we say uh, on the show quite often, is we don't even know what to ask. And that's part of the, the goal of the show is to help people understand what questions they should be you know, asking. So when it comes to um, a really what to fix and what not to fix, this is what you're 
uh, recommendations are in the report about that, or is that really up to the buyer to, to interpret That's that themselves? That's a very good question, Mark, because we put together a list of deficiencies, mm-hmm. or things that are not performing as they should on the report. We are not the ones that are going to determine who's going to repair this and that. Right. Okay? Uh, actually, in Texas and in most of the states in the country, um, the sellers are not obligated to repair anything for the buyer. The only things that the sellers are obligated to fix for the buyers are the ones that they agreed to do on the repair amendment. Which right. It's a document that comes after the inspection. So it's all part of negotiation. Yeah. Because I mean, people could do round. nothing. Yeah. The first round is to get the the contract on the house and you, you battle the price. On the second round is what are going to be the repairs. Yeah, yeah. And is that this uh, the 24-hour, as so you said, receipts and 24-hour walkthrough, is that what you're talking about there? No, the 24-hours walkthrough is usually with the real estate agent. Uh-huh. It's before closing. Before closing, okay. okay. But after the deal's been signed and everything's good to go, but right before the right actual before closing. Right before the closing, yeah. um, they go and do a walkthrough just to see that the house you know, didn't suffer any damages. Okay, and um, and to make sure that the things that were supposed to be done are actually done. That is correct. And, and you go along for those as well. In some cases, uh, for example, let's say the HVAC unit was not working at the time of the inspection, then um, they request the seller to get it uh, repaired right. or replaced, whatever is needed, and um, they hired a licensed HVAC contractor. Sure, they are going to provide with. An invoice. That invoice is a warranty for that work. I don't need to go. Okay. If there is anything that is performed by a handyman or not a licensed trade, you then need to we come out go. for that. Yeah. All right. Well, Hector, if folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, uh, you guys can go on, on the company website, BPG, Buyers Protection Group, inspections.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you also can call uh, the our main office, 800 285 3001 and uh, if there is any uh, you know consultation they need you know a phone call for any question they have they can call me on my on my cell it's 314-580-6111 all right all right as we wrap up show quick uh, reminder to check out our latest podcast on all the usual podcast platforms and you can find video versions of the show on our website at homebuyertalkradio.com that's going to be it for us have a great week and we'll see you on the next one Thank you, fellas. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having us.